You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Um, for those of you, Kayla's looking at me. Was I supposed to say greetings? Is that what you're looking at? No, I was just waiting for joining us, as always. <laughs> joining us, as they did last episode, <laughs> is me, uh, Kayla. <laughs> that might be the weirdest introduction you've ever, and Will ever had. I'm so sorry. From, again, he's not moved. He's still in his super, super, super secret location in <laughs> Iowa. Oh, that's Yes, funny. sir. How, so, um, how, I, I don't know where you are in Iowa, and you don't have to tell us, but like, how, how like, did, did you drive or fly? Uh, I drove. It's about a, about a three and a half hour drive from, from where we live in the city. So okay. it's not I too bad. You. So, uh, so just, you know, just so everybody knows we were up, you know, cause from the last episode, they learned that we stayed at your house for a couple of nights. And the second night we were there, um, when we were done the training and we we're just kind of, you know, hanging out and stuff, um, we had to pick up a few things to go with dinner and, uh, mm-hmm. and those pizzas that we made. And so uh, I jumped in the car and Will and I went to the grocery store and the closest grocery store to their house was in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> <we> just, <laughs> we had to cross state lines. Across across state dangerous. lines to go to the grocery oh, store. It was, cra- oh my gosh, I felt like we were like Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Buying mushrooms, we and, were. mushrooms and mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like we were playing because you know because we, you have to head east from from your house into wisconsin you're not gonna start singing are you no we, we played eastbound and down uh, that's what i thought you were gonna start <laughs> singing <laughs> we're gonna do what they say can't be done i, I just he looked at me and he oh told me oh my gosh that. that's so funny like, oh, yeah. we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna do what they say can't be done i'm like what are you talking about I says we're going to wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> 100% accurate quote. Oh, of course. <laughs> totally accurate. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so, well, oh. so um, I, I've only ever been to Wisconsin with you. That's the own money Wisconsin experience. Oh, my gracious mm-hmm. me. The people were friendly. They were. Okay. We I lived didn't... there for five years, so it was oh, solid. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, Learned um, something new. So, to recap, Teens. Will has Will has teens. Um, a lot of them. He, he can field his own basketball team of teens now <laughs> with the result, with someone on the bench. Um, we're speaking prophetically <laughs> to the end of 2023. Um, and Love one it. of the things we talked about, we, we asked him how 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 they was how they were able to build relationships with their children who they have. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's not some of the typical. Um, struggles that parents have with teenagers, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, um, he, his kids still w- like being around their parents, and and from what we have seen, still come to them for counsel, uh, which yeah. is which which is that's living the dream with teens, as far as I'm concerned. Isn't they'll still, they'll, still, they'll still come and engage you, and ask yeah. for, for your advice. And I'm like, 
Oh, you have no idea how much this moment means to me. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the panacea of, of parenting when you're, when you got the team and you can like actually kind of coach them and speak into it. Yes. Right. It's and they so start awesome. to listen. I remember um, when our oldest, when he was kind of in his, I guess he was in kind of 16, 17 age and he was working at Chick-fil-A and he was reading a leadership book. I can't remember what it was, but he was, was reading... one of the Maxwell books. I don't remember which. One. Okay. He was reading one of those books. Um, because I guess that's something that, you know, manager, they, they like for the managers to read or whatever. And he was aspiring to be a manager. And so he was like looking at, you know, reading some of these and he goes, dad, some of the things in this book are like some of the things you say. And then all of a sudden he had credibility. <laughs> it was like, Whoa, that's it's, weird. it's in a book. <laughs> it's quite, and, it's quite a day when your son realizes that you might not be as dumb as he thought. You were. Yes. But it I was just, I, interesting. <laughs> you know, it was so funny to hear yeah. him like go, dad, like I was reading this and it was like something you said was like similar to this. And we were like, you mean you listen to what we said? Like it was, it was surprising. Mm -hmm. Like, First of all, to hear it, but then to have him acknowledge it and be like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't such bad advice or, oh, maybe I should listen to this. Now I'm hearing it again. Maybe there's a reason, you know? Well, there's actually one above, well, there's one that's actually makes a, a father's heart happier than even that. It's that's mm -hmm. when you overhear uh, your 20-year-old son tell his 14-year-old at the time brother offer advice to that kid that is a direct quote of what you offered to him five years wow. ago. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Kayla. He was listening. He was listening. <laughs> I mean, like to one thing apparently, but he was listening. Right. It was so it's funny. Just, it's a sweet moment. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go upstairs, do a little victory lap, high five your wife. That's like, exactly. <laughs> can't let them know that oh, like no. you're super excited about it, but he we're, definitely we're was ice like. ice down there, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like Tom Cruise in, bo in both Top Gun movies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so. Teenagers. Um, right. Teenagers. So we established in, I think we established in the previous episode. Use the old sales trick when you when you want to build a relationship with anybody. And this is counts for anybody. Is show some interest in in what they're interested in. Yeah. Learn yep. le learn about that. I don't I don't like every every Japanese heavy metal band my eighteen year old daughter mentions to me. But I'll watch the stuff on YouTube and I'll learn some of the names of the songs and I'll ask her about it. Right? I mean, just you, yeah. you don't you don't have to become the world's leading expert, but you do have to learn enough. You know what? It's fine. You, you, we can learn. It's actually really good for us to have teenagers because you said something in the first episode. Well, you said uh, teenagers are just young adults who like to have fun. Was that, mm -hmm. is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the truth of the matter is is that is that my kids are keeping me young. Uh, my 18-year-old daughter's yeah. like, Dad, let's go to these concerts. And so I love live music, but I hadn't been, we hadn't been to concerts in years because I'm like, I mean, it's like a lot of effort like, to go to a concert. You know, when, the, when the clock says <laughs> ten, all the way over there, like yes. by the time it says, like we don't turn the light out till one a.m. But but the time it says ten p.m., I want to be at home. Okay, that's where yeah. I am in my life right now. <laughs> oh, I hear you. But she wants Wait to go to concerts, and and Tyler's like, come, you got to come ride bikes with me. And and today, um, he said, what what time? You, what time are you shutting it down? I said five o'clock. And he said, okay. Let's go to the driving range. And so we did. We went, to go hit, we went and hit a bucket of golf balls and came back home. And so and so they do actually try to keep us young. And, and, and for that, I'm grateful. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but but they, you have to use the oldest trick in, trick in the world on them. If you want to connect with somebody, discuss their favorite subject, them. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and especially when we have teens who, um, you know, have experienced trauma in their history. And so developmentally, you know, chronologically, they may be teenagers, but developmentally, they may be much younger. And, and we know mm-hmm. that that's a phase of development. That's a stage of development. I should say phase is not right, but stage of development is that kids are very inwardly focused and only as they get older and mature, are they able to see other people? So, I mean, it really fits in that we might have a 15 or 16 year old that is more like an eight or 10 year old, you know, like in their, in their ability to see other people and in their ability to look outside of themselves. And so we have to use that information and that knowledge that we have when we're connecting with a teenager who may have, you know, the emotional capacity of a much younger person. Yeah. Now, be, now we did tease. Uh, yeah, I asked a, a question that quite, I was told was way too long to answer in the well, time I mean, we had left, right? I mean, the, the question took like 90 seconds to ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how about I ask it again? In the case question that was too long. We, 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 when it wasn't, it was just, uh, just when the question was that long, I was like, there's no way that he's answering that in, in a minute. <laughs> Okay, so I'll recap. Here's here's what the question that I was thinking through, because we have so many families that have maybe adopted older kids or even teenagers. Um, I think one of the one of the struggles is, you know, people go, yeah, well, it's one thing when you can build a relationship from the time they're little. And then when they get to be teenagers, you've got that rapport, right? We talked about setting it up in middle school, but what if they come to you after middle school? So you have one of your boys that came to you as a teenager. I don't remember how old he was when y'all adopted him. Um, how old was he, Will? He's he's 15 now. And so okay. I think he was 12 when he moved in. He okay. turned 13, like, like weeks after right, he moved in. Right, close after. Yeah, I was thinking he was yeah. around 13. So having had teenagers that you had been pouring into from the time they were born and then Mm -hmm. bringing a teenager in. I mean, what do you, what have you done? Because I I feel like having been around you guys, I have seen how intentional you are with him of building Mm -hmm. a relationship and how intentional you are with making sure that even though there may be things that he does that are frustrating, or there may be things that he does that don't make sense because you you're still getting to know him, right? I mean, you're only a few years into getting to know him. He's had this whole life before you. What are some things that, that you've done really intentionally or that you, or maybe that have been easy or hard or both or any, I mean, any of that resonate? I'm, and I'm just kind of throwing out a question here, but I feel like. Congratulations on turning a 90 second question into a three three minute minute question. question. (laughs) Sweet. I mean, if you're going to complain about how long it was, I figured I should, you know, elaborate a little more. Yeah. I wasn't, I was complaining. I was reminding. You were just, you know, talking about it. Yes. Yeah. But that's, but that's a good, but that's a good question. And I think there's, um, I, I think there's a lot of, I have a lot of little thoughts here, so I'm going to try to organize these. And yeah, like, uh, organize it better than my question log- was organized. A logical manner. Well, that's a big that's a big ask. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna shoot them at you yeah, here. For those can, who don't know, Will is an engineer. <laughs> I am. So he's engineering so, brains kicking in right now for this answer. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I think there's a lot of, I mean the, 
looking at the things that they're interested in is always a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as like what Ryan was saying is like, as, as kids come into our homes that have experienced trauma and stuff like that, there is, you know, they come in, you know, chronologically maybe at 13, but emotionally they they can, they can be a lot younger than that. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of little things where, you know, um, things that are younger. Sorry. And try, I'm trying not to say names and <laughs> I'm trying not to say names. And I'm trying to decide if he would actually be okay with me sharing that. So yeah, I'm no. going to back up. I think I'm going to back up and change that story. Yeah, no, um, I, I appreciate that. that. I think that's something that we've tried to do too, is, is be careful of, am I sharing something that my kids would go, uh, why would you tell people that? Well, I usually find that when, 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 if we say something that, isn't necessarily benign. We always say our son or our daughter, but if we say something that's like our son, our son wanted to go to the driving range after work today, it was like Tyler wanted to go to the driving range. Right. So, so everything's mm-hmm. sort of benign or positive. They get named, but 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 when but if it's not necessary, because I don't I don't think we talk a lot about them, but some of it can be maybe construed as like, well, you shouldn't have said somebody's name or whatever in that case. And so yeah, yeah, we we certainly respect yeah. that. So. So I, did yeah. I trade enough water to buy you enough time? No, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I think there's, I think one of the things we ran into early on that, and it was, a, it was kind of, and again, this is the mindset thing, but when, uh, when they first moved into our home, they had a lot of reactions to things that we thought were no big deal, right? Yeah. You know, they might've had triggers or experiences or things that happened that we unintentionally kind of stepped on a situation or reminded them of something and they mm. had a big reaction or, you know, like Kayla said, you know, maybe they didn't have a skill related to how to, you know, how to, how to put dishes away or how yeah, to, how to navigate you know. whatever situation they were in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then like a soundtrack that really helped us then is this idea that it's not about me, mm. you know, cause I think as parents, it's real easy whenever we get a negative reaction uh, from our children and this can be biological or foster adoptive kids but like you know raise your hand if you've ever had a teenager come upstairs and you're like hey how you doing bud and you get a uh, kind of a grunt how was your day uh, uh, you know yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know and but the more i can say that's not necessarily about me mm. you know maybe he you know our uh we one of our one of our teenage boys wears his emotions on his sleeve and, but he's got a couple of classes in, in a college right now that are really hard. Mm. He's got one teacher who is, who struggles to, you know, check his email every day. Who's teaching him a, you know, a computer skills class, teaching him how to use word, Excel and all that's these ir- other. That's ironic. <laughs> that is ironic. Uh, it really is. He's teaching him how to use Outlook. Really, it's really not <laughs> a good check fit. his email every day. <laughs> You know, and I used to get really, I used to get really upset with that. I'd come upstairs like, hey, bud, we got to work on that, filling out that application for, you know, for your driver's permit or get some driving hours in. He'll be like, oh, fine. Yeah. Well, listen here, young man, don't talk to me. Like, you know, that that's a reaction you have. When I was right? your age, my father would <laughs> never have. Yeah. Right. But, the, yeah. but when I started kind of telling myself this, it's not about me. It's not about me, you know, mm-hmm. and the kind of take a deep breath, give him a second. And this, this kid is emotionally healthy enough where he will circle back later and I can say, hey, bud, that was quite a reaction earlier when I asked you about getting some driving hours in. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I, 
he's like, my teacher posted the assignment like an hour before it was due and it was all goofed up. And I had, you know, I was just really frustrated. I didn't mean that dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, well, and you and had the forethought honest, to we, say, okay, something else is going on. It's not me. And then later yeah. on, he was able to tell you what it actually was and why he had that reaction. Yeah. And, and if we're honest, we're not going to get that out of our foster adoptive kids. We shouldn't expect that. Yeah. You know, that type of level of self-awareness because for them, it is about me. You know, yeah. maybe they miss their mom that day or maybe they're just angry that they're in this house or maybe yeah. dinner was weird. Or whatever it could Or maybe be. you were the you you've changed your your deodorant and it smells like the deodorant of somebody who hurt them. Yeah. Right. I mean, all of those things are yeah. very real. And yeah. they would set us off as adults too. And being able to like take a minute and be like, look, this reaction is not about me. And that way I can kind of take that my kind of base defensiveness, my switching into fight flight or freeze out of that and helping me react calmly and react the way I want to react in those situations can be huge. Yeah. Well, and I think what I can kind of hear you say too, is that you've adjusted your expectations that even though you've parented kids that are the same age, you recognize mm -hmm. that, that the reactions of a child who's only been in your home a few years, even though you yeah. had boys the same age you're not expecting that he is at that same level, that he is yeah, going absolutely. to respond in the same way because he had, you know, 12, almost 13 years of experiences outside of your home mm. that you well, may or may not know about, you know, and that could trigger him at any moment or that could um, cause him to respond in a way that's different than your boys that have grown up with you, you know, that have been with you since birth. Mm -hmm. So. Well, because I would, I would find that unreasonable for a boss to expect me to walk into a new job that I, you know, the, for the, within two years, know every in and out of the company that some guy who's been working there for 15 right. or 20 years knows. Right. Exactly. It's the same way. It's the same way for me to be unreasonable for me to expect the kid who just moved in to understand how our family navigates yeah, that, things that, or operates. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good, right? Because, because what most people don't consider is the culture in their own home. Uh, just like yeah. it would be a culture in, in, in an office building or a factory or an assembly plant or whatever, right? And and the people who've been there just know how it works, but it's a, mm -hmm. a, a brand new experience, and it's there's not like here's here's, here's the operate the operations manual for a home that pe that people get, right? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that scene in A Few Good Men where um, during the during the court where where Noah Wiley's on, on the uh, on the stand and, and Tom Cruise says to him, cause, cause they said code reds aren't in the Marine Corps handbook. That's why that, that don't happen. Right. And Tom Cruise says to him, mm -hmm. can you show me in the handbook which says, um, where you go to eat? And he goes, it's not in the handbook. And Tom Cruise is like, you mean you don't eat? And he goes, no, we eat three square meals a day. He's like, well, how do you eat three square meals a day if it's not in, in the handbook? And he goes, well, we just follow, oh. every, we just, we just follow everybody else at chow time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And that, and that is why, yeah. And, and, and so, and so the kids learn from each other, mm -hmm. and and I think part of you know part of and again, Kayla's question was specifically about a teenager joining your family as a teenager, but but I'm going to guess that some of that's the same as when we had kids younger than that join our families. The kids who knew how the home operated, who are part of making the culture in the home, they just kind of helped them out to some degree. Um, and help them learn and that kind of like the Noah Wiley will we just followed everybody else at chow time kind of an experience. 
Hello, Empowered Parent Podcast listeners. I wanted to share with you a little bit how you can become a supporter of the podcast. Becoming a supporter is a financial way to help the podcast, but also get some great extras to go along with it. We have tiers starting at just $5, but you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month as a way to say thank you. Anything is greatly appreciated. To learn more, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. I did want to take a quick second to thank some of our current supporters like Rick, Esther, Deb, and Julie. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, well, and I was talking to a mom um, just the other day who adopted a child at an older age, not quite a teenager, but at an older age, and now that child is a teenager. And she was talking about how, you know, she's not really someone who likes to hug, but mm. because she has noticed that the, the child doesn't like to hug, but because she's noticed that, you know, they will, you know, that people hug one another, she has figured out these times where she thinks she's supposed to give hugs. Mm. So she said, like, when it's bedtime, she will come and give them a hug, but it's still a very rigid kind of like, I don't really mm. want to do this, but I noticed that this is something that, you know, other kids in the house have done or like this particular mom was over at our house. And as we were, she and I were leaving mom, the mom and I were leaving and, and her teen was staying here with our teens. And, and so as I was walking out that we were walking out the door, my kids came over and, and gave me a hug and said, bye mom, we'll see you later. And so I could see her kind of go, I think maybe I'm supposed to give her a hug. So she stood up, walked over to her mom and gave her a hug. And so we were talking about Mm -hmm. that, you know, and that was the, the, you know, they, they do learn what's normal in the household after a while. And sometimes they're just simply going through the motions of it. And other times it becomes a part of like, oh, this is what our family does, or this is, this is how we do things, you know? And, but it was interesting. We just, just the other day we had this, this conversation about how, you know, it's like this child didn't grow up getting hugs. This child didn't grow up with that affection. And so that's not even now having been in the home for many years, that affection doesn't come naturally. That affection does not, um, it was not given at a young age. And so it doesn't come naturally to this child. Well, I was gonna gonna. I was thinking while Kayla was talking about about that, um, that your three oldest teens, if I'm remembering the ages correctly, and I think I am, are all boys, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So nineteen, seventeen, and fifteen are the boys. Yep. And so we don't have time to do this um, for a third episode about <laughs> about how teenage boys get get along because I'm one of three teenage boys, and I thought there was a lot of playing tough in the paint to use a basketball metaphor playing uh, tough in the mm-hmm. paint i have never heard that term you know, before um, i hear you <laughs> you know yeah with having brothers and, and so to some degree th- th- there is there is that that goes on um, mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think some of the same things that that we would talk about any of the kids is the same things that that you had to do when when a twelve almost thirteen year old arrives on your doorstep is is and just correct me if I'm wrong but but it would seem to me that again we're back sort of in a you've now got to take a crash course in that child instead of learning about that child as they grow you kind yeah. of got to take a crash course in the child because you yeah. have to get up to speed on what they like what they're about how you can engage them what's of interest to them 
in a really short period of time where with mm -hmm. children who are born to you, um, like the two older boys, you you not only get to learn those things about them, but, but you perhaps get to develop their interests as yeah. well, you know, yeah. gr growing up. And to me, that was, you know, when Kayla asked that question and you answered it, that was kind of the one thing that jumped out of me is that, is, is, is the, 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 the real pro protect, protracted, excuse me, period of time that you as the parent have to become an expert in that child. Yeah. yeah. And I think, true. and I think, and that, that reminds me of something we did do um, with that child when he moved in is finding that time where he felt comfortable, mm -hmm. like where he would talk. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, that, that looks different for each one of my kids. Mm -hmm. My 17 year old loves the hot tub of truth, as we like to call it. <laughs> That's <laughs> or, hilarious. Or, I remember exactly. Kayla was going to use the hot tub of truth, but then she realized that it was 30 <laughs> degrees outside and that was the hot tub of too cold. That was really cold. That's, that is the temperature when the hot tub is the best. So oh, you all just don't know what you're missing. But, the, uh, but, you know, his, his, he likes to talk late at night, which many teenagers like to do. Yeah. You know, another one likes to do it at bedtime. You know, I've got one the 11 year old likes to do it like saturday mornings mm. like he like he like gets up and does his thing and like if i'm sitting there drinking coffee and he's kind of like done his kind of morning routine like he'll sit down and talk to me yeah. you know and so for that for that kiddo when he was moving in it was trying to notice those times where mm. he was either just a little bit more honest or a little more vulnerable or whatever and then use that time to ask good questions yeah, and kind of really good. notice those answers you know yeah, taking the time to figure out when are they when are they the most comfortable and able to talk through the harder things. That's good. Because they're that's that's exactly we have the same thing. We have some kids who are first well no, I was gonna say some kids are first thing in the morning, but nobody at our house is really a first thing in the morning. Maybe <laughs> our oldest could be. Like he could be a first thing in the morning, but not usually. But late at night or sometimes in the car, I think, you know, when you yeah, don't have mm -hmm. to make eye contact, they want to make, you know, they want to ask you these tough questions. Our, our, or... our oldest is pretty chatty with me if he and I are in the car together. And I, and I think it's because we're not making eye contact. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a huge one, honestly. Yeah. And that's... I think that's it, paying attention. And that's, you know, we talk a lot about um, being the world's leading expert on your kids, right? And I think yep. when you adopt a teen or when you bring a teen into your family, a kid into your family at an older age, you do have to, to really start paying attention in a way that you maybe didn't have to with the kids that came to you when they were little. Um, mm -hmm. I know we had a, um, a young mom that lived with us for a while. I know we've probably talked about this on the, on past episodes, but we, um, we had a young mom that lived with us for, for about nine months a few years back and she had grown up in, you know, she had, she'd gone into the foster care system as a teenager and aged out of the foster care system. And so there were a lot of gaps in the care and the nurture that she'd received along the way. And one of the things we found that was helpful in connecting with her was meeting some of those needs that didn't get met early yeah. on, you know, and being yep. able to, to, to do things that, you know, people will be like, well, they're, you know, they're teenagers, they need to, you know, they need to be able to learn how to do things on their own. And, mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't get somebody that made their lunch for them or that, 
you know, was able, that did this thing that showed that they cared, you know, like when my kids were really little and going to school, I made their lunches for them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when I had a, this, this young mom living with us, I was making breakfast for her in the morning because that was something I could do to show her that I cared about her. And it also gave Mm -hmm. us a great time to chat and, and talk. She would sit at the table while I made her breakfast and we'd have a conversation. And, and I think we have a really good relationship. You know, she's 30 now. Is she 30? I think she's 30. Um, or I think she's about to be 31. And, you know, but we were able to build this relationship from the time she was a teenager when we met her, um, until now. And so we have this really good relationship and we can say things to her, you know, like, Hey, you know, we noticed this cause we'll sometimes keep her daughter will stay with us. She stayed with us for spring break. And so sometimes we'll, we'll, um, we'll see her and we're able to, you know, maybe call her out on something that we've seen that's happened or we're able to talk to her about hard things. But mm-hmm. I think it's because we invested that time into caring for her in those moments um, when most people would have said, well, you're an adult, you should be able to do this by yourself or why am I making food for you? <clears throat> and I think we have to look at those older teens in that same regard and say, there are a lot of things that the world and society as a whole expects these teenagers to be able to do for themselves. But because they came to me at this age, I'm going to assume that they didn't get a lot of this and I'm going to do it for them anyways. I'm going to care for them and I'm not going to worry about what the world says, you know, if I bring my kid their lunch because they forgot it. I'm going to bring my kid their lunch at school because they forgot it. Or I'm going to pack an extra jacket because even though they walked out of the house without a jacket and I Mm -hmm. told them they should probably take a jacket, I know they're going to be cold. And I'm not going to be like, well, you should have listened to me. But instead, I'm going to do what I would have done with a five-year-old and I'm going to have the jacket ready and waiting when they want it, you know? Yeah. As you're you're talking, I'm thinking that that I have a whole episode worth of response to that. Uh, so I'll try, You're doing this. No, I'll, I'll try. To, I'll Sorry. try. I'll try to keep it. Keep it. Keep it brief. There are people who say that if your kid forgets to lunch at school at home, you shouldn't take it. They should just feel feel the natural consequences of that. Yeah. Um, that 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 that's that's likely okay for neurotypical kids. Yeah. Um, that's likely okay, but but for, but for but for kids with with trauma histories, um, who, who because of their adversity, um. Atypical cognitive wiring and things of that nature. Um, the whole risk reward thing, like, 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 it's not like, oh, you know, sucker, mom just brought my lunch. They're like, oh, mom cared enough to bring me my food. Right. Right. So, so the, right. Their, their processing of that moment's different. But the other thing I wanted to say is, I don't only think that we have a good relationship with her today because you made her breakfast and we cared for her while she was in our home. I think there was a second component. There were a couple of instances where we had some real conflict with her while 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 um, she was in our home and she wanted to thunder out here and you made it pretty clear to her that that's not how we deal with problems in our family. We don't walk away, we sit them we sit down, we talk them through, we get to a solution and I think the fact that we didn't bail on her when yeah. things got yeah. hard taught yeah. her that she can depend on us and I think that's really 
analogous to 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 raising teens because teens will give you lots of opportunities to choose whether you're going to be opposed to them or be on their side yeah. during hard times because just yes. cognitively right there's I mean, this neuro mm-hmm. uh, the neurons are pruned in the teen years right yeah. you're literally less smart at 15 than you <laughs> than you were at 12 for example right and so I mean, I mean just think about the things right like that's why when you hear of stories of of people dying in, in, in like I know they made like twenty seven Fast and the Fast and the Furious movies, but typically drag mm-hmm. racing is teen, teenage boys on public yep. roads, right? Because at right. no at no point does that do they, does their brain goes you know this is a really bad idea. <laughs> uh, nope. Mm-hmm. And being hypothetically able, speaking, yeah, hypothetically they don't speaking, that at all. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so that's why I think that part part of that key of success with with teens is. When you do have to face hard things, that 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 we face hard things together, we work through them. We don't give up on each other. Mm-hmm. We don't walk out. Yeah. And even if you walk out, I'm that, still here. That door's still open. You yeah. you, you don't yeah. even have to knock because it will be unlocked. Yeah, both metaphorically and, and physically speaking. Yeah. And one other thing I really liked about what Kayla said too is like, we're we're talking about how great it is now that you have a good relationship. And I, I, I love the fact that I have a good relationship with my team who moved in, you know, and stuff like that. But it all started with little things, yeah. you know, and it was like little things over time that got you to the place where you can speak into her life, where you yeah. can kind of challenge her on things and stuff like yeah. that, where I can, you know, I can speak to authority, speak with authority in this, this kiddo's life. And he actually kind of listens to me now, Yeah, you know, but it's because it's been, it's been three years of doing the little things and and yeah. apologizing to him and like listening to him and stuff like that, that now, now it, it, I have the ability to, to, uh, to speak into it, but you know, not to, I don't want to set people up that, Hey, if you just like notice that thing and do it for them, then they're just gonna, it's going to connect. It's going to be a home run because <laughs> there is no let easy me tell button. you, <laughs> let me tell you, there was a lot of what felt like a swing and a miss that yeah. in hindsight, I think, I think, I think, you know, are just like kind of like little, little bits of trust, like just tiny little bits of trust going into that trust bank Yeah. that eventually there's enough in there that, you know, it open kind of opens them up a little bit. Well, I think that that's crucial to remember, uh, just, just adding, you know, going off of that will that, that one of the mistakes we, we make, and I know I've made it, Kayla's made it, so we'll go with we've made is, is that we've tried to do things we think the kids would like. We try to do things we like. We try to do things we liked at their age and and had to learn. Now, that's all great. There's nothing inherently bad about any of those three things I just said. But if you really want mm-hmm. to connect with something, you have to find out what they like, which, yeah. which, which is one of my, my favorite scenes in all, of, in all of cinematic history. Is you remember in the movie Sully? Have you seen Sully? I have not seen Sully. I need to. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Right. Every, we're going to pause the recording. You go and watch Sully. We'll <laughs> then we'll have a conversation. Two and a half hours. <laughs> no, it, it, no, no, that's not true. You can see this is like 10, maybe 10 minutes into the movie. Well, there's a few things I really like about that movie. And one is that it starts, the, the plane's on its takeoff roll. It's a, like they get to it immediately. Like there's no like build up in the terminal mm-hmm. thing. But when but when when the the bird strike happens, right? The, the Canadian geese get sucked into both engines, so now he has no propulsion. Which, which everybody knows, but especially uh, an engineering person would know is vital mm-hmm. if you want to keep an aircraft in the air, being able to <laughs> propel yourself forward. 
Yes, yes. And so in that crisis, I think most people would have grabbed and held on to the, to the yoke of the aircraft really, really tightly. But he doesn't. He takes his hand off of it. And he looks as far as he can out the left, scans the whole horizon. It scans everything you can see all the way out the right side of the cockpit, takes a deep breath, looks at the co-pilot and says, I'm going to put it in the Hudson. And I love, and and, and I I, I need that to be what actually happened. I don't need that to be Hollywood. I need that to be real (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. because in a moment of greatest crisis, because now, now the fact that he is responsible for 127 people's lives becomes very, very real in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. The fact that those 127 people are alive is because that person was sitting in the left seat that day. I don't think every pilot, and I mean no disrespect to, to anybody, any pilots who may be listening, but I don't know if every pilot, um, everybody walks, walks away from, from, that, from that, that, that experience that way. But the, but yeah. the, the calm head, the level head that went, no, be, before I rush to what I'm doing, I must consider all of my options, which is such an enormously powerful metaphor for parenting. It's why I like that scene so much. Because before yeah, I rush into anything, I've got to consider my options. I've got to learn about this young person that's in front of me before I can make any decisions about the young person that's in front of me. Well, and another thing I heard you say in that too is that in a, a lot of people, their first instinct would be to take control of a situation yep. they don't really have a full grasp of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's good. it would have made yeah. things worse. You know, yeah, that's so good. If you'd if he'd grabbed the you know grabbed on and just like knee jerk reaction to something, that would have been not what happened, right? The plane would not have landed the way it did, and those people would not have survived. But, and that's the same thing because we we so often we knee jerk reaction instead of taking a minute, taking a breath, going okay, let me figure out what does the situation need, what does this kid in front of me need. And oftentimes, it's not what we think it is. Oh, amen. It's not yeah. where we think we're going or how we think we should respond. Um, you know, it's something completely counterintuitive, but it ends up being what is best for that kid in front of us. That's a mic drop moment, except don't drop the mic. It's expensive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> so, so we'll, um, we are, we are kind of up, up against here, um, 37 minutes into a 30 minute episode. <laughs> so if there's something that you're just burning to say about, um, about parenting teens, uh, please do. But if not, we're going to land this thing. I think teens are great. And, uh, listen, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're trying, you are a good parent. You can do this. We believe in you. Yeah, for sure. Amen. It's not a, I wish there was an easy button. There's not, but it is the long haul. Like we talked about, it's those little, little moments over time, whether we think they make a difference or not, they really do make a difference. So I need to find if there's a clip of that scene on YouTube and put that in the show notes. Also, we'll put, um, connect the connect. It's the connected parenting minute, right? Or just connected. Connected Parenting Minute, yep. Okay, and Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and coming soon to a podcast platform near you. Yep, exactly. Where you'll not only hear Will Stanfest, but his lovely bride, Carrie Ann, um, the two of them 
having conversations about things that matter. So, hey, thanks for being the kind of person who who says, you know what? It was either watch TV, go to bed, or talk to you two knuckleheads and chose and chose wisely. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on here. Oh, it's awesome, Thanks, awesome. Will. All right, now green room time. So, um, we'll stick around, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, patrons, we'll see you in the green room. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, email us at info at onebighappyhome.com. Please like and share the podcast with all your friends and family, and you can find us on your favorite social platforms by searching One Big Happy Home. And if you're a supporter of the podcast, don't go anywhere. Stay right here and get ready to listen to our post-episode recap we call The Green Room, where we dive deeper into today's episode. And if you'd like to become a supporter, you can visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Thanks for listening.